Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fredland. Uh, thanks to our official sponsor, Running Aces Racetrack Casino and Hotel, and our other podcast sponsors, Learn Pro Poker and Website Amp. Uh, this is episode 183, and today we're going to be joined by World Series of Poker champion from 2007, Jerry Yang. I'm very excited to chat with Jerry. Uh, before we do that, a couple of things that I wanted to chat about, and, and Jim, I'd love to get your perspective on this, but uh, one of the folks that we've partnered with is the National Collegiate Poker Tour. Now, this is an organization focused on bringing competitive poker to college students uh, ages 18 to 20 and their faculty across the nation. They were created to promote poker, introduce the game to those that are unable to play in their local casinos because of age restrictions, uh, and that sort of thing. So they've got 105 students right now from 15 colleges and universities, Nebraska-Lincoln, Penn State, Michigan State, Virginia Commonwealth, Binghamton University, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, Washington University, Nevada, Reno, just to name a few. Uh, and it's it's a pretty cool deal, right? But they've got um, their next event is coming up. It's called the Summer Series, June 21st to August 2nd. And they're going to compete for six weeks for a guaranteed prize pool of $1,000. Uh, and they're going to rotate through uh, No Limit Hold'em, Omaha, and Stud. There's going to be a championship game uh, between the top three schools. That's pretty cool, right? Man, I love that for all sorts of reasons. And it's not just because the summer series starts the day after my birthday, although that does weigh <laughs> in. But I love that they're playing mixed games as part of this. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, Steve, but when I was living in Halifax getting my degree, I started the first poker society at my university because there was not an established poker club there. And we, I hosted a weekly beginner's game every week. Um, and these guys are doing exactly the same kind of thing, I can tell. And I love it because we got to get these young people who are interested in poker, these intelligent, strategic thinkers, yeah. get them into this social side of the game and get them playing in a fun environment so that they don't have to just wait till they turn 21, go into a casino and get the cold shoulder from all these pros out there. Um, so I love this idea. And I, I couldn't be more supportive of the idea of getting beginners and intermediates more involved in the, just loving this great game of poker. So my hat's off to you guys. Way to go. I love it. Yeah. Justin Cole is the guy's name that I've been in contact with and I've actually played with him. That's how we first met uh, quite a while ago. And he came back, he said, Hey, we're doing this thing. And I'm like, yeah, let's talk about this. It sounds awesome. Uh, so all kinds of great information. It uh, sounds like maybe Justin should get a hold of you and maybe make this a Canadian uh, <laughs> thing as well and see what connections you still have in Halifax. Uh, I wouldn't turn that down. Get in touch, Justin. Jim at rec.poker. Anyone else who wants to get involved in collegial um, level poker and poker clubs, uh, that's something that I'm really interested in. So don't, don't hesitate to reach out and get in touch with Justin. He's putting this whole program together. Yeah, for sure. And so if you want more details on how you can join, uh, check, out, check them out on Twitter at NCPT Poker. That's NCPT Poker. So it's National Collegiate Poker Tour. So the NCPT Poker, same thing at Instagram, NCPT Poker, or just get a hold of Justin himself, ncptpoker at gmail.com, or give him a call, 719-209-9878. So just wanted to share that, man. We're super excited about that. We don't do a lot of outside promotion here on the show, but uh, this is a good opportunity, and it's right in our wheelhouse, right? What's more recreational than an 18 to 20-year-old? 
so so check the, so check them out right now. Uh, go there. Also, go to Redchip Poker slash Rec Poker. Use the code Rec Poker. Uh, you'll get one free week uh, from those guys. So with that, uh, we're going to welcome in Jerry Yang for the first time on Rec Poker. Jerry's the 2007 WSOP main event champion. He won $8.25 million, and he was an amateur player that got in for a $225 satellite. So super excited to chat with him. Well, all right, well, let's welcome in uh, Jerry Yang. Jerry, thank you so much for being with us today. Where are you calling in from? I am in Fresno, California, and uh, the weather is uh, going to be pretty warm today. So uh, just trying to stay inside. But listen, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to uh, to be on the show and to uh, to chat with you guys and uh, uh, with some of the players out there. Yeah, no, we're super excited to have you. You know, there, there's some of those folks that are uh, in the poker world that are just sort of larger than life. And I know that maybe is weird for you to hear, but uh, you're one of those folks for, for many of us recreational players, uh, you know, who are dreaming of, of winning the big one one day, you know, there's Chris Moneymaker, there's Jerry Yang, you know, these are, these are tremendous stories. Right. And, and so it's really fun to be able to chat with you. Well, that I would, is so I would, true, right? <clears throat> it is. I, I would love to start if we, if you, if you, if we can kind of bringing us back to the, to the kind of the, more of the early years of Jerry Yang. I know there's, there's an amazing story kind of leading up to uh, your, your main event championship, but I'd love to chat a little bit about, uh, about yourself, even just growing up. Give us a little bit of context for, for where you came from. I know that you were in Laos, you went to Thailand. You ta- talk a little bit about your, your story of growing up and how you en- eventually ended up in the United States. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so to, to, to make long, the long story short, I was born in Laos and at the age of seven, my, uh, you know, the communists invaded Laos and, uh, uh, my father was, uh, at the time was working with the CIA, uh, under, they, they call it the special guerrilla unit. Uh, these are jungle fight fighters, you know, they, um, they train these, um, these, uh, Maoan people like my father to, uh, fight against the Northern Vietnamese. Uh, and my father was assigned to the Ho Chi Minh Trail, which is, which is the trail that the Northern Vietnamese transported their, uh, weapons and their ammunitions and whatnot down to the South, uh, in order to, um, uh, to fight and conquer the South, you know, but make long story short, the invasion, the, the communists actually spread it to Laos. And then my father was, uh, assigned to, to fight. And so, uh, after the war, uh, you know, briefly after the war, um, obviously after the Americans left Laos to come back to America, and that put people like my dad in a very um, desperate situation. Now the, the communists, uh, they know who was, you know, fighting with Americans. So they will literally go after those people and hunt them down and kill them, you know. So being being in that situation, my father said, you know what? Uh, since um, everybody is escaping to Thailand, our neighboring country, I need to get my family out too. So uh, 1975, May 1975, my family decided to escape and we made it to Thailand. Uh, after four and a half years in the refugee camp in Thailand, we landed in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, my family was put in a place pretty much like the slums of Nashville, guys. You know, I, I envisioned... Uh, 
America to be like the land of milk and honey. And when I got to uh, to um, to Nashville, we were placing this one of the poorest projects in, in in Nashville, and I was like, I was distraught, I was heartbroken. And but uh, anyways, from there and just you know, school work, and here I am today. Well, there's a, yeah, right. That, that is the short part, right? Cause also it went from there to here. Yeah. So well, uh-huh. I'd love to, I'd love yeah. to hear a little bit, I guess, first of all, how old were you when you got to Nashville? So you were maybe 11 or so, 11 or 12. I was about 11 and a half. Yeah. Almost 12. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I'd love to, if you don't mind, I'd love to hear just a little bit about your time in the refugee camp, just more from the perspective of, you know, what do you feel as you look back now on those experiences, obviously you were, you were very mm-hmm. young, but, but what, what did you learn from that experience that's maybe impacted who you are today? You know, in the camp, there was nothing much to do. You're, you're basically in a prison. Uh, obviously you're in a camp, uh, there are wires that, are, that they, uh, they, they put around the camp. You can't go out of the camp. And uh, people that try to go out of the camp either got shot uh, by either by either like the like the villagers, the Thai villagers that live around there because they don't want to be bothered, uh, or they got shot by the Thai soldiers by by the Thai soldiers, you know. So we were we were warned not to go out of the camp, and uh, so living in that camp is like living in a prison in a way, you know, maybe a little bit better than a prison, but. At least in a prison in America, you get you get used to get the warm meals, and you know three times a day. I mean, I have not been in jail, but I that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, but in the camp, you know, you wait every three days. They ship the food to the camp, and there were times, many times, that the food got spoiled, and uh, you know, you still mm-hmm. you we had no choice but to to consume. And in fact, a lot of my cousins died from from malnutrition, from from uh, from uh, food that had been uh, spoiled, you know? Mm. And so I was lucky that I was one of uh, the survivors. In fact, my father shared a story that which I share in my book. Uh, I passed out. One day I passed out for like 20 minutes and they thought I was, I was dead. And they were actually pre- preparing for my, for my funeral. Mm. But uh, thank God, I mean, fortunately, I, you know, I came back and I, you know, here I am today. So that that's a true story. Yeah, I can't I can't even imagine that experience. Thank you for for sharing that. And yeah, if, if you're not aware, Jerry has the book, and and we'll we'll talk about that at the end. How people can can pick that up. Uh-huh. But so you so you left you 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 know Laos to Thailand. You leave Thailand thinking, oh, we've we've made it to America, and you arrive and you're 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 end up in these these really difficult situations around Nashville. So. Obviously, things still aren't, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like you've arrived in the land of milk and honey and things are great. It's still really, really rough. Yeah. But, 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 you know, so, but somehow you, you managed to, you know, work your way through that or out of that or, or however you put that and, and you got an education and talk a little bit about then about, yeah, about how did you, how did you survive that and how did you kind of move forward with your life? Um, you know, uh, my whole life, I was very poor. My family was very poor. We grew up in the mountain. Uh, even though my father was a soldier, the pay was the pay was not even a monthly pay. It was a, like an annual pay, you know. So mm-hmm. once a year, they give you a little. Um, uh, I don't know. I I wouldn't even call it income. You know, they just 
basically it's a fee. It's a it's a hiring fee for you to fight. That's it, you know. And so, um, we were very poor. We were farmers, and uh, throughout my life, I worked very hard. Even in the camp, I was. We had not. We literally had very very little eat. Uh, I remember that uh, uh, my stomach was very bloated because of you know malnutrition. Mm-hmm. Uh, many times I went to the restroom and like worms would come out, you know, and many children died that way. Uh, but because of that experience, when I got to America, I made up my mind, you know, to 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 study, to really, uh, uh, you know, push for my goal and create something so that my children don't, they don't have to go through what I went through. So mm-hmm. I made up my mind. It's just, you know, basically just make a decision to really push it. And if I, if I, I said to myself, you know, if I don't push it, guess what? Someday I'm going to end up even worse because in America, it's all about education, you know? And if you don't have a good education, guess what? You're going to be, you're going to, you're going to be pretty much at the bottom of the food chain and you're going to have to work your way up in a minimum wage. And I don't want to see my children, you know, living uh, that lifestyle. And so I just decided to do it. Yeah. Well, I've seen that. I've done a fair yeah, amount ahead. of work. I'm sorry. In, yeah. in, no, I've done a fair amount of work in Rwanda, Africa, and I've seen some of the things that you're talking about with, oh. the, with, the, blo- with the bloating and the worms. and the, But one of the things that really uh-huh. struck me in, in that is is the value of education. Uh, you know, what we take for granted in yeah. America or, or Canada, where Jim is and some of our listeners are, you know, we, we take that for granted over there that they just see that as they, they're aware that education I, is the ticket out and it sounds like that's something that was that you you know were either taught or you caught <laughs> along the way that, uh-huh. that that was going to yeah. be how you were going to transform your life and transform you know your your legacy. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, I went. I graduated from high school in 1986. You know. So now you know how old I am. <laughs> and, <laughs> we already had an idea. And, <laughs> yeah. So and then I went to. Uh, I attended a uh, small private uh, Christian college in the Napa Valley and, you know, I got my bachelor's degree in biology. I actually uh, wanted to be a medical doctor at that time. I was mm-hmm. a fairly good student and I graduated valedictorian in my class, went to college and really like pretty much graduated at the top 1% of my class, you know. But for some reason, I don't, last minute when I got accepted to med school, I, I Back then, they only for poor family. They allow you to apply to like 10, 10 med school for free without paying the uh, paying the fee, the, uh, the application fee. So I applied to 10, and I I got accepted like to nine med school. You know, mm. the only school mm. that denied me was like John, Johns Hopkins. That was like my mm. the dream school that I wanted to right. go. You know, so but for some reason they turned me down. But you know, I got accepted to like Cornell, um, UCLA, UC San Diego, UC Davis. Um, Loma Linda University, uh, University of Wisconsin, you know, uh, I mean, all of those, but uh, for some reason, I just decided I, it was just, I, I was burning myself. I was studying so hard for the past, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 10, 12 years or so, you know, uh, so I decided just going go into psychology and that's what I did. I, I like that you character characterize yourself as I was a fairly good student. I mean, I was a, I was a valedictorian. I was in the top one percent of my graduating <laughs> college class, and I got accepted to nine out of the ten most amazing 
PhD level schools. I'm, I'm a fairly good student. I, I love the I love the uh, the humility in that statement. So somewhere along the line, you you started playing poker. Like, how did that happen? Yeah, 2005. That's when I I, I discovered poker. When Joel that's Hatton when you started. Won. 2005. Yes, 2005. Jeez. Yes. Wow. So one night I was one night I was sitting with my uh, wife in front of the TV. And my wife, she loves H- HGTV, okay? <laughs> yeah. So that night, I decided just to yeah, take the remote in my hand, and uh, I switched channels and finally saw the World Series of Poker, the year that Joe Hassan won. And I was watching, and I watched, and I watched, and <clears throat> I, I, point, I remember pointing to the TV, <laughs> saying to my wife, I said, honey, I think I can do that. Oh, and, you know, man. when you have six kids like me, you know, my kids were so young, and... <laughs> Uh, when I pointed and I said it, that she turned around and she gave me this very uh, disgusting look, you know, <laughs> just basically saying to me, you're not going to go there. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> so crazy. Finally, yeah, and finally she, um, she said, you know, if you're going to keep watching that, then you can just watch. I'm going to go to bed. So <laughs> we went to bed. I watched it for like maybe a couple of hours more. And the more I watched, the more I became intrigued by this game. And uh, a couple of weeks later, I went out and I bought Super System by Doyle Brunson. Yeah. And uh, yeah, on, another book by, uh, by uh, Phil Helmuth, that was his first book. And I started reading, but I was reading uh, Super System. And at that point, I was, uh, I was, actually, a, um, I was actually an administrator for a nursing home in Southern California. And so, um, my wife, my wife, one, one day she saw me reading that uh, super system and she said, honey, that's not one of your books you've been reading. I, I <laughs> said, it's super system. And she said, she said, what is that? What is super system? <laughs> I said, oh, this Mr. Mr. Bronson teaches how to play poker. <laughs> <laughs> and she was very upset. <laughs> she was very upset. And so I prom, I made a promise to her. I said, you know, if it is okay with you, I'll take 5% of my paycheck every month. I'll just play with that 5%. If I lose it yeah. all, I'll wait till the next month. You this, know, is I, how you, win, this is how you have a happy marriage as a poker player. Like just yeah. a lot of upfront <laughs> planning, be direct, honestly, 5%. Yeah, way to go, Jerry. I'm loving this. Yeah, so in a marriage, guys, I don't know if you're married, but in yeah. a marriage, um, your wife is always the boss, okay? So don't mess with her. <laughs> no, that's not true, Jerry. <laughs> she has to win all the time. Otherwise, you're going to end up sleeping at the door or, or on the couch, okay? So don't even go there. Don't you mess with there. the woman in your life. Yeah, you're the one yeah. going there. <laughs> I did. I did, and I knew that she would. I knew that she would not be very happy. So I made the promise, and I mean, I was making fairly decent income at that time, and was able to provide for my family. But uh, you know, five percent was not that much, and I mm-hmm. decided to play. To my surprise, I started winning. I started winning, and both cash game and. You know, small attorneys, like $25 buy-in. The most that I bought in was like 100 bucks. But the satellite that I won at Pachanga at that day, Pachanga Casino, was 225 And guarantee you the $10,000 seat, the main event seat. 
And one day in uh, July, I mean, uh, in in 2007, it was actually May of 2007 that I won that seat. And they gave me the option of either taking the money or taking the seat. Yeah. And I remember, guys, I was walking. I know I was walking inside the casino deciding I didn't want to call my wife. No, you don't want to call your wife like, for that hey, one. Hey, <laughs> you better take the money. Honey. You want $10,000? You want me to play in this? game that I know little about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. So how did you make, make the decision? Long story short, I yeah. I I didn't tell her. I just I just told them that hey, I, it's my dream. It's my dream. It's been my yeah. dream to go to Vegas and play. So yeah. I took the seat and uh, I came home and I explained to her I was very nervous. I I explained to her she was uh, to my surprise, she was uh, very understanding. Oh, she said, oh, this great. is a dream that go ahead, you know. So, so you know, and kid you not, with the first day, the very first day that I play in Vegas, uh, I play, I play day two, and Toby McGuire was at my table, you know. <laughs> I was in C eight, he was in C three, and guys, I was like star, so starstruck. <laughs> I was staring at the guy the entire time. <laughs> He's like, quit staring at me. <laughs> I just couldn't believe that out of all all movie stars, you know, he had to be at my table. And yeah. I was I would I I would have gone home happy anyway, even if I didn't win. You know? So, so then you, you so you start playing this ten thousand dollar buy-in and the biggest buy-in you played was a hundred dollar other than the two twenty five qualifier. So yeah, so I mean, yeah. so the, I mean, the money's different, but obviously, you still everybody gets two cards and that sort of thing. I'm kind of curious, you know, I wish we had like a uh-huh. six hour podcast, but just for the sake of moving forward, like, okay, so you start playing day one and then, you know, you made day two and then you made the money, I assume. And then, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Like, at, at what point is this sinking in? Like, I mean, are you still just like just enjoying it for whatever happens, happens, or at some point, did it start sinking in? Like I could actually make some life changing money here, even though, you know, you're a professional, you had a really good job. And I mean, when did it start to go like, wow, I'm really into something here. When we were down to like 27 players, that's when, that's when I was saying to myself, you know, I really need to stay focused now. This is serious money. I think by 27, I think you were guaranteed uh, like 130 something thousand already, you know? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, that was, yeah, that was, that was serious money already, you know? And so, oh, yeah. um, yeah. And so I began, um, I began to, um, you know, like, like really take the time and, and study my opponents, uh, at the table. And by then my, um, I decided to fly my, my father, my father, my, by the way, guys, my father hated poker. Okay. Mm. He hated so much. Oh, when no. I went to Vegas to play, I didn't even tell him. But when I made the money, guess what? I called and I, I said to him, I said, I'm actually in Vegas playing poker. And he didn't want, he didn't want to talk to me. He just yeah. handed the phone to my brother, you know? And I said to my brother, you know, I'd like to fly my uh, mom and dad to Vegas because right now I'm in the money. I'm guaranteed, uh, I guarantee like 200 and something thousand already. It was, mm-hmm. the money was serious now. And so, um, uh, my, my father decided to come down, my wow. parents, yeah, came down. Uh-huh. And I sent a limo, I sent a limo to pick up my, my wife and my kids 
there had never been a limo before, so that was a big, uh, yeah, uh, a big what surprise a great, to them. Yeah, what a great a feeling that must have been. What a great feeling that must have been to be able to bring your whole family down, and you know, everyone that's been there to support you, whether they knew it or not, and and for you to have this yeah. sort of validation and this success in this thing for you, love, uh, to be able to share it with them—that's wonderful. Thank you. Very true. Yes. Yeah. So that was a that was a uh, once in a lifetime experience for me. I, I mean, I want to do one more time before I uh, <laughs> before I turn sixty. I'm actually fifty two yeah. right now. <laughs> so make, make it a, twi- a two would twice be nice. a lifetime experience. <laughs> well, I'm, that, I'm would, curious. that would be so awesome. I'm curious. You know, I, there's there's all, obviously all kinds of situations that we could talk about that came up in the tournaments and all that sort of stuff. But but one one of the things I wanted to chat with you about, and then, you know, I'm going to test your memory and, and whatever. But just the the the, the three handed uh, with Rami. Um, he had pocket kings. You had ace five. Is that a pretty? Mm-hmm. You have yeah. you remember that hand? I some pretty big hand, obviously. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but yeah. he opens yeah. kings three handed, or I think or uh, or no, you opened you opened your ace five. He re raises you with kings, and you you flat him, and then an ace comes on the flop. So obviously yeah. you, you hit the ace. Uh, you yeah, you I raised. No. Yeah, actually, um, I raised with ace five, and then he re raised me. Right, and then I just called. Yeah, right. I called, and then the flop came a something, yeah. and then uh, he checked, and then and then he checked. Yeah, he checked, and then I bet ten million, and then he, he decided to go all in for another another yeah. seventeen or something. Yeah, and so I'm I'm curious. I mean, obviously, the, yeah. the, it's super interesting. You found <clears throat> you found the call, you busted him, you chipped up huge. But the the most interesting part for me, at least the part I want to talk to you about, is is sort of the the chatter that was going on at the time. You know, so. You know, uh-huh. you were making your decision, and he started chatting a little bit. And I'm wondering, as as a psychologist, mm-hmm. as somebody who, you know, you you kind of been on record saying I study my opponents, and when I sense something, you know, I kind of go for it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious if that played into the decision, or if you're pretty sure you were just logically going to find a call there, given how much was in the pot. But he started saying oh, things no, like, you know, no. well, play, yeah, play was, your hand and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that was the key right there. That was the key phrase when you say you must play your hand. And yeah. when I looked at his face, when I, when the minute he said that, you know, his eyes, you know what I mean? His eyes told me something that he was, he was scared. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So when somebody say, when somebody say, um, uh, you must play your hand in a way they're giving you permission, you know, they're giving you permission to go ahead and do it because yeah. they know that they're weak already, but it's actually reverse. They don't want you to do it, but they have to say that in order to, for you to, to say, okay, maybe he has a, he has a strong hand and he's trying to me to, to do it. I should not do it. But in reverse psychology, if you think about it, when somebody say, say things like that to you, they're actually scared. You know what I mean? In a way, they're giving you permission to go ahead and call them. So if he had not said that phrase right there, I would have folded it, to be honest with you. Oh, it's so good because it was such an interesting dynamic because he shoves and then you don't snap call. And so I don't know what's going on in his head. It seemed oh, like no, he was just, no. it seemed like he was going to stay, stay quiet because you didn't snap call and then he was going to let you, yeah. you know, whatever call with your pocket Queens or something like that. But then you said, yeah. like, you, you said something like, man, I don't know. This hand is just too good to fold or something like that. Where you're like, I don't know if I can fold this hand. And then that's when he started yeah. chatting. Like, like, I think if, if he would have stayed exactly, quiet, that's he might've right. been okay, but it, he didn't yeah. talk until you talked and then he's responding like, Oh crap, this guy might call. He might have an ace. And then he started like figuring out what yeah. to say. That was my read on the situation. 
Absolutely, you you read it right. You read it right. If he had not said anything, if he had just remained silent, I probably would have folded the hand because he had been very plain, very tight, and I knew he had yeah. a big hand. Okay, I knew he had a big. He either had ace king. He couldn't have aces because I have an ace already and the ace on the board, you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, I didn't put him on pocket aces, but I did. I was, I was. There were two hands that I put him on, either, either ace king or pocket kings, one of those, you know, yeah. and or maybe even possibly ace queen, ace queen suited or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, three handed. Yeah. Uh huh. And uh, right, exactly. And so uh, I said, wow. Um, <laughs> now. What am I going to do? I got ace five, and you know, five has, <laughs> allows the kicker right there. <laughs> but if he had just like the remain silent, guys, I would have he would have won that pot easy because oh. I took a long time to think about it. Yeah. I took a long time, you know, yeah. and it was a very it was probably the toughest decision of the, throughout the whole in tournament. That was mm. the one hand that 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 really um. Um, that I took the most time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that. But when he said to me, when he said to me, you must play your hand, that yeah. said right there. In psychology, when somebody says that to you, it means that they're, they're, they're scared, they're afraid, and they're giving you permission to go ahead and go forward. Mm. You know? Mm. It's in a, in a form of reverse psychology right there. And when the minute he said that, I knew... Yeah, I, I had him beat. That's why I decided to call. And I, I love that you, because a lot of our a lot of our recreational players, I think one thing that they don't mm-hmm. take advantage of is when the other guy has made that shove, and you get a chance to close the uh-huh. action, do something to elicit some tells from them. You know, do something Absolutely. to ask them questions. There's no, you know, they're going to call the clock on you eventually, but, in, and, and, and obviously don't stall, but take the time available mm-hmm. to you to get some reactions from them. And, and this is just a perfect example of how, you know, some people might just look down and, and make a play judged on the course of their, on the value of their hand in that spot. But you get so much valuable information just by not making a snap decision take your time, see if you can get some extra information from your opponent because those tells, especially in those high pressure situations are so valuable and you just give up the opportunity to get them. If you just play without, without taking that time. So I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially when you bluff or you, when you have a mediocre hand and you're trying to win the pot, if somebody, if you're going to raise somebody, you're going to go all in uh, on somebody. Don't, don't make a sound. Just, just, Mm-hmm. remain silent because the more you talk trust me they're gonna they're gonna pick up something oh that's so good so man i just i have a million other questions but but for the sake of time we'll keep moving here but um are, are you playing poker much now no not really not right now i'm i'm in the restaurant business and uh i'm doing some other side business and so just i play maybe occasionally i play in town but right now you know we don't have a a lot of big casinos. We have one. It's called Club One. They have well, occasionally they have like two five game, uh, but mostly they have the one three. And then another local casino here, a very small car room. Uh, the most, the highest they play is like two five. Occasionally, like once in a blue moon, maybe they have five ten. But um, they they call me sometimes. Yeah, they call me when they have a like a five ten game or like a two five game. You know, the oh, the, sure. the manager of the casino will call me. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so awesome. So I, I don't so get to play very often, yeah. So, so talk a little bit about, as, as we start to wrap up here, you know, advice for recreational players. So, you know, obviously we have a podcast uh-huh. and we, we're sort of this combination of, we, we, we just build a community, like people that just love the game, love to kind of learn the game together, play the game together, build relationships, build connections, and just really have fun with the game. And then there's, you know, from that, uh, we have a learning element where people are trying to learn the game and get better and improve and, and get to the point where they can play the main event or, or that sort of thing. But maybe talk a little bit about on that, that first side of it, just the recreational, the community side of it. Um, what advice do you have people that are playing the game and just sort of really enjoying it? And how, do, how can they keep enjoying the game more and more and uh, kind of get as much life from they can, as they can out of it? Well, poker is a very, um, you know, um, uh, it's a social game. So uh, that's why I love poker so much is um, – you can play recreationally with your friends, your families even, and you still have a lot of fun. You don't lose money. And so being just, just that alone, it's, it's, it's a huge benefit already, you know, just being around your friends and family. So if, you, if that's something you love to do, hey, keep doing it. You know, keep doing it. Don't get crazy. Have fun and uh, keep playing. But if you're going to be serious about the game, you want to make money and you want to pursue maybe professionally, then you know, I would encourage you to maybe really learn the strategies of the game, you know, talk to other pros, find a mentor, you know, read as much as you can and uh, just be the best that you can be at the game. And, but develop discipline. That's another thing, money management, bankroll management. And, you know, uh, but most importantly, make sure you really enjoy the game because it can be very grueling. And, that's one reason why I don't, I don't play professionally because I, I don't think I can be a professional poker player. You know, it's just, uh, number one, I have families and I have other things that I need to do. If I was single, maybe, but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> for those who are single out there, I want to, they want to pursue prof- poker as a professional, um, uh, career, then yeah, really, really know the game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Last week we can make good money. Yeah. Last last week we talked with Carlos Welch, who's single and living out of his car. That's a quite a bit different situation uh-huh. than what you're in right now, married and and six kids or so. So um, the the other thing I want to ask you is about uh, you know just uh, this is outside of poker, just uh, you know your journey, what you've endured, what you've seen, uh, how you've gone through it for for folks that are just kind of struggling in their life with whatever it might be. You know, it's not necessarily going to be as severe as what you went through, but just. You know, how, what do you say to people to try to inspire them about, you know, living, living their best life or, you know, uh, trying to overcome a situation that they might be in? You know, we all go through different circumstances in life, you know, uh, like me, for example, I've been through, I've been through almost like a life and death situation, but every situation that you face, there, there is hope and there is a solution to every single problem that you experience in life. And uh, you sh- we cannot just give up. It's, it is a responsibility to find a solution. It may not be the perfect solution at that particular time point in time, but it is a solution, a solution to that problem. So uh, whatever you're going, you go through, you know, don't, don't give up because when you give up that hope, hope is the good thing. And when you don't have hope, everything dies, you know, so keep hoping Keep doing the best you can. Happiness is not about money. It's not about the, the, what kind of house you live in or what kind of bank account you have. 
happiness is about what you can do with your life for others. You know, it's about giving. It's about shining that light inside of you. And to me, that that is real happiness right there, and that's real success. Yeah, I love it, and I think. For me, part of that is then, you know, that's where the value of being connected with others who can help you, can help give you a, an arm up or whether you can lean on if you need to or whatever. But that idea of giving back and thanks for dropping the, the wisdom there, Jerry. I just love it so much. So uh, yeah. you know, as, as, we, as we close out, um, you know, where you, you mentioned the book, talk a little bit about where people can find you. They're, they're thinking, man, I love how this guy thinks. I just need more of this inspiration in my life or I want to hear more about his story or whatever. Uh, are you out on social media? Do you have a website? How do they get the book? Kind of, how can people connect with you? I used to have, yeah, I used to have a website. My publisher had a website, but it's been like, oh, like ten years now. So, but they can still find the book on Amazon. It's called All In, and it's yeah. All In from Refugee Camp to Poker Champ. You know, and uh, it's by Jerry Yang. And my my, I had a ghostwriter. His name is Mark Trapp. Uh, and uh, so you can find the book on Amazon. Awesome. And if you guys have the any book trouble finding pretty much go, about, go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, the book is just pretty much about my life as a kid in Laos and my, my escape, my actual escape from my village to the refugee camp in Thailand, coming to Nashville, uh, live in Nashville and uh, so live in America. And then, you know, obviously led to uh, the, the World Series of Poker in 2007 and my win. So, um, that's pretty much it in, inside the book. The book also focuses on my father as a, to me, he's, he's my hero. You know, he's a war hero to me. And so he talked about his sacrifice with the American soldiers fighting the Northern Vietnamese back in the 70s, or late 80s and early 70s. And it, it's, it, your story is an unbelievable story. And like if, if somebody made a movie out of your, out of your life, I'd watch the movie and I'd be like, well, that's just too unrealistic. Like, yeah, why haven't they happen. made like, that movie? Mm. Why but, haven't but, they made that movie already? But you know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's you know, like so to be honest with like you, it, I actually had. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I, well, I was just, I was just going to quickly say like, yeah. if it was, if it was a movie and if it wasn't based on a real life, I'd be like, well, that's a dumb movie because that's just so unrealistic. Right. I mean, that, that just can't mm. happen. But knowing that it did, it is so inspiring. Uh, I just think it's an unbelievable story. But what were you going to say? You were maybe approached by by somebody. Yeah, I was actually approached by a couple of uh, film companies, and they uh, uh, when they read the book, they really liked it. I met with them, we talked about it, and uh, unfortunately, they couldn't raise the money. So mm-hmm. for some reason, they couldn't raise the money. They I think they raised like maybe like seventy five percent of the the fund needed for for the movie to happen, and they they couldn't just they couldn't come up with the other twenty five percent. So we could just kind of put that on hold right now, you know. Maybe when I'm all gray and gone, maybe they the movie the book would be more valuable. <laughs> well, maybe maybe if, somebody will pick it up and make a movie out of it. <laughs> well, we're we're big fans. If we can help promote that, if that gets going again, if we can help promote that and start to drive some some, you know, fundraiser, Kickstarter, whatever those things are, we'd be happy to help do that. Or maybe we just have to uh, get involved and start interviewing you to tell the Jerry Yang story. Cause it's, it's a phenomenal story. And it really, I think captures the heart of, of what it means to be human in some ways, and then have these experiences that are just mind boggling. So 
I, I guess we'll, we'll wrap it up there, but uh, this has been absolutely amazing. Time has just flown by, but I want to give you an opportunity if there's anything else that you want to share with, with Rec Poker Nation or with the, the public at large, uh, give you an opportunity to do so. Well, for, again, thank you so much for having me on the show, Jim and Steven. Uh, uh, I am just uh, very happy that I got to chat with you guys and with the listeners out there. Um, uh, I'm in Fresno, and now I don't play much poker anymore, but I'm in the restaurant business. Uh, this is actually my third restaurant. So if you happen to be in, in, in Fresno and you have a cravings for sushi, ramen, and curry, Stop by Shobu. My, the name of my restaurant is called Shobu Japanese Cuisine. And so come by and uh, have some sushi. But hopefully uh, this COVID thing will go away soon and everybody, you know, gets back to their normal life and we can get the poker games going again. I'm sure there are a lot of people that are waiting for the casinos to open and they can play live at the table. You know, I love playing live with, with other players. So uh, and may- maybe, you never know, we might see each other at the final table once again. You never know, guys. <laughs> I love yeah. to hear that. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? That, My goodness. Then we're, we're definitely getting that movie made. If we end up at the final table together, <laughs> we're getting that movie made. Oh, wow. Hey, <laughs> right. listen, if you guys ever come to Vegas, I don't know if you come to Vegas often, but uh, if you come down to the World Series next year, uh, let me know. I, I will definitely be there. I play like every year, especially the main event and a couple of like three or four other smaller events. But if you happen to be there, hey, look me up. We'll meet up for lunch and uh, we'll, we'll catch up. Okay. That's great. Oh, Count on it, Jerry. Count yeah. on it. I, I just turned All 50. Right. I was going to play the senior event this year, but I can't. So next year for sure. I'll be there. We'll do that. Maybe we'll do a little rec poker lunch. If you're up for it, we can get a few people together and, Absolutely. and, uh, and do lunch with that Jerry Yang. Be, well, and how wonderful. great would that be? Yes. Oh, amazing. Well, well, you careful what you, that what you, be a what you offer because we're going to, we're going to take you up on that deal. Oh and yeah. We're it, coming for you, Jerry. That's it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, it, yeah. and I would say, oh if you guys my are goodness. There, I mean, imagine if this. the three of us finish. A, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would say, I would just, I would just say, imagine if the three of us made to the final table, that would be so awesome. Oh man. Yeah, I'm man. flying my I'm flying my family down for that one. Right? <laughs> I'm gonna fly my family down just to see me playing with when Jerry you, Yang. No. Are you me? I don't need to make the final table. When you made when you made the final table, you can do whatever you want. You're, you're entitled to that. You can put them in a limo and have them drive three days, three nights. <laughs> yeah. Um, great great stuff, well, Jerry. We're, private we're gonna, dad, you know. <laughs> We're going to take you up on that. We're going to do lunch with Jerry for sure uh, next year, hopefully, uh, if not before. And if you guys are listening out there, you're near Fresno, California, go to the restaurant. Go tell Jerry you heard about it on, yeah. on the Rec Poker podcast. Uh, get your picture taken with him uh-huh. or just, uh, you know, uh, visit him. And I mean, it's tough. COVID's tough in all the restaurants. And the best thing we can do is support Jerry and uh, and tell us how good the food was. But Jerry, uh, we will let you go, man. Thank you. This is an absolute delight meeting you. Love chatting with you. Love hearing your story. I uh, feel very honored that you'd give us the time, but uh, I think our folks are really going to enjoy this as much as I did. Jim and Steven, thank you. Likewise, I've been, it's been a pleasure, okay? You guys okay. stay safe and take good care, all, all right. right? All right. Look, look forward to our next okay. uh, chat, Jerry. Thanks again. Absolutely, yes. Have a good day. Take care. Jim, what are your – I know we didn't have the full panel for this. The panel is going to join us for the round robin. 
So it's just you and I got to enjoy this interview. All I know. I don't think I let you get a word in edgewise, but how great I got a couple. was that interview? How great was that interview? <laughs> well, I've chatted with Jerry on the phone before a couple of times. Oh, so you I have? Had, okay. Yeah, so we had we had a little rapport uh, coming into it. And I, I, just just based on the time we've spent chatting, I can tell, like, if I met Jerry in a bar, we would get along like a house on fire. Yeah. What a, what a cool guy. <laughs> what a great attitude, you know. Uh, what a fantastic story. And just such a, like, a friendly, polite, outgoing, humble fella um, who's got nothing to be to be humble about, but... Um, it's just one, just one of those great classy guests that, uh, we get on the rec poker podcast uh, from time to time. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> and I don't know, you know, maybe if they don't use him as an ambassador enough or whatever, but I don't see enough of Jerry Yang based on that conversation. He should be a, a headliner for rec poker. So we'll, we'll put him as a headliner for us because, uh, yeah, I mean, keeping it real, he knows he was fortunate to win that thing, put himself in the position he learned, he did all that he could do, but you know, fortunate to get that, but he didn't let it go to his head didn't become the whoseness of the muchness and wasn't, isn't unapproachable. And so I just think it's such a phenomenal uh, story of, of, you know, overcoming of humility, of success, uh, of working hard in poker and in education and of life. Uh, but yet still realizes his wife is the boss. I just, I was a kid in a candy store. I just love that conversation. Yeah. And, and you can tell he's just interested in giving back to the community and growing the game. And, uh, uh, you know, just like we were talking about our friend um, earlier in the show who's putting that college uh, group of, of poker players yeah. together, you know, like getting, getting the word out to people that, that it is possible to come in and join and you don't have to be, uh, you know, the idea that he started playing poker in 2005, I, don't I, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. And he won the main event in 2007? What? I, I was waiting for it to be like, oh, well, we were so poor in Laos, all we had was a deck of cards, and so I've been Me playing too. cards since I was three. That's what I was expecting when I asked the question. I'm like, wait, you started reading Super System in 05, and you won oh. $8.2 million on a $200 satellite in 07? Oh, okay. my God. I mean, just, that's what I mean. Like, if it was a movie, like, you'd be like, well, it's too unrealistic. Like that's, yeah. that's a dumb movie because it doesn't, but it's real life. It's crazy. Amazing. So what, well, what a guy. Uh, Can't wait to talk to him again. Phenomenal. Yeah. We'll have him on again for sure. Phenomenal stuff. Well, let's, um, we're going to, we're going to move this into the round Robin segment. It's going to give everybody a chance to, uh, to share what else is going on in rec poker world. All right. Now for the, uh, home game update. Uh, our next uh, major home game will be July 1st for our No Limit Hold'em series. Of course, on June 10th, we had our mixed game series, Badoogie. It's the most unlike any other game that we're going to be playing in the mixed game series. And that one, uh, Megra44, Doug Drabeck, won his first mixed game title playing that. Also, on Monday, June 8th, we had our May SDS Tournament of Champions, and that, of course, was Red Devil MM Garov Aurora, and it's his fifth win, his first Tournament of Champions. Well, that's the guy that deserves a silver pin. If that's his fifth win, I can't argue with that. I mean, I want the silver pin. I'm really, really jealous that he has a silver pin, and I don't, but I can't argue with that if that's his fifth win. Way to go, Garov. Yeah, you know, I keep on talking to poker stars to try to rig it for me, and they keep on declining they won't do it so <laughs> not even for you yeah <laughs> oh, man they don't know what's good for them and of course we still have our social distancing series june 8th was john lancer who also his real name is john lancer it's his first social series sds win uh june 9th cash 
1016, Kevin Leiter, his second SDS win. June 11th, Frogman Rick, Rick Day, it's his second SDS win. On June 12th, it was ZGRT1110, Raul Betnick, it's his second SDS win. On June 13th, E. Anderson 85, Eric Anderson, his second SDS win. And June 14th, Eric Molina, Rob Brereton. Of course, instead of having a second SDS win, we get to go to third for him. <laughs> a lot of friendly names in there. That's fun. We've got a couple regulars uh, making the highlight reel. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll jump in um, with uh, member member content. Um, so uh, we're uh, in June, we're still uh, talking about three betting and we're going to have our uh, strat chat on June 24th. So if you're a member uh, and you've got questions or you want to talk about three betting, come tune in for that. Um, I think if, uh, if uh, there aren't a lot of questions, I'll probably just uh, pull up some three betting hands that we can talk through and everyone can uh, make fun of me for how bad I, three bet uh and then in july we will um be talking about bluffing for our, our member seminar we're gearing up for that so that'll be an exciting topic as well all right and we got the uh book club coming up in like two days we're recording this on monday uh, the 15th book club is starting wednesday the 17th um at 6 30 and everybody's invited to join and get on the chat, ask some questions, uh, get involved. Uh, we did have a Twitter contest that we ran from June 1st to June 14th. So you could be eligible with 14 different tickets uh, for this uh, wonderful giveaway of the game plan by Matt Matros, which is a book we're going to be studying, obviously. And we had the uh, giveaway uh, drawing today. And the drawing was won by our own Woody Adams. So Woody. congratulations, Woody. Woody Adams, um, nice. We'll, uh, we'll get in touch with you and uh, send you a PDF version of the book just in time for you to get involved in the book study on Wednesday at 6.30. That's oh, sweet. We're running Woody's, another Woody's a great guy. He, he's, he's a big, yeah. loud voice for us, and he does a lot to uh, spread the rec poker word. So that's great. Looking forward to having him in the book study, too. Yeah, I think he's out of Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I don't want to ask if he's Eagles or Steelers, because I like him too much to know if I have to draw a line <laughs> in the sand, you know? Yeah, he, chances are he's probably a, a damn Eagles fan. But <laughs> there is that. I mean, <laughs> hey, I actually like some Green Bay fans, too. So I can't, you know, there's some certain people that you know it doesn't matter what their affiliation is yeah they're still good people sometimes so. just good sports people right <laughs> actually some of my best friends are eagles fans they live in uh, uh right across from parks casino over there in uh, philadelphia so yeah i can i can live with an eagles fan <laughs> <laughs> um also we have another contest uh, we're going to give away another copy of the book um go to rec poker on twitter and you'll see a video that Steve put out there. He just put it out there today. And all you have to do is retweet or reply to the video. And you'll be eligible to win a copy of the game plan by Matt Matros. Uh, and the giveaway will be June 24th. So it'll be just in time for uh, to get a week then before our next session of the uh, poker uh, the book study. So get on that. Go to Rec Poker on Twitter. 
find that video and retweet it or reply to it and you'll be eligible to win. Nice. That's going to be great. And then, uh, and that is a PDF copy. So you'll have it the next day and you'll be able to uh, have a few days to, to get, read the first few chapters uh, before we have our first um, actual book study session on uh, July 1st, I think, which I'm really looking forward to. That's going to be great. And I think we're going to try and get that out on Facebook too and other uh, social media. So any way that you can share that video, get it out there and then we'll enter you in the contest. All right, good stuff. Well, well, for me, guys, I think a couple of things. The next play and hang. So we're doing these OPAs, these online play and hangs. Um, and we're going to start incorporating this more and more because it's just so much fun. But actually, this Wednesday uh, is our next single table invitational only OPA. And so we've got uh, be eight of us playing and then chatting and kind of hanging out all night. And then uh, Sarah Herring is going to stop by and, and say hello. Uh, pretty much right as we get going. Uh, but we did do the drawing. If you haven't seen it on Facebook, we got the random number generator. And if you are, uh, if you play in the Poker Stars home game, uh, we have your email. So we have your contact information. Uh, then you're eligible. We do the random draw. And uh, this week, those who were selected, uh, you still have to let me know if you've uh, approved or not. Otherwise, we do have alternates. But uh, Andrew Feist from the, from the panel is going to join me playing. And then Tori Greeninger, James Portugal. Troy Graffentine, Raul Batang, Tim Carroll, and Rob Brereton. You guys have received email invitations for this. I know a few of you have accepted. Let me know. At midnight tonight, we're going to move on to the alternates. Uh, and the first three alternates are Rick Day, Gorov Aurora, and Jake Ingebrigtsen. So uh, I'll reach out to you guys and let you know uh, what the situation is. You'll get a specific invite to the club, a specific invite to the Zoom, and we're just going to have a ball uh, hanging out for a few hours that night. Uh, and then, I'm just uh, excited. Get, I get to finally yeah. see the difference between Tori and Troy. I keep confusing <laughs> these guys. They're, it's Troy G and Tori G. Come on, guys. Just give me a fighting chance. That's all I ask. Well, now you'll know. That's, that's the beauty of doing these Zoom things. Now we get, we get to put names and faces to these uh, to just these these handles. So, <laughs> I know, Tori G and Troy G, and I probably messed them up before, but I know, I know both guys, great guys, uh, fantastic. Uh, and then just a heads up, uh, pins and merchandise were mailed today. So um, we ended up, uh, I, I, we do the merchandise orders once a month, and I mail the pins once a month. Uh, and so we got them all, all the boxes. Maybe you saw the picture that I, I, I put out on social media. Those are all, uh, all got sent out today. Uh, so depending on where you live, you should get those soon. Some really cool stuff there. I know I don't want to belabor the, the length of this already, but you know, for the first time, we're offering things in non-black. We just keep an inventory in black but the white, uh, and now we've got a bunch of colors, a bunch of things. You can get pullover hoodies, you can get zip-up hoodies, you get long-sleeve tees, short-sleeve tees, uh, crew-neck sweatshirts, the hats, uh, polos, and you can get them in multiple colors, all with the white rec poker uh, on there. They look super sharp. Uh, the pink one that came through looked really sharp. And Steve, I think you can also get personalized embroidery on these uh, new items, can't we? You can't. Well, that's not all. Yes, Jim. Good, yeah. No, that's actually true. On like on almost everything, uh, you can get personalized embroidery. So it uh, costs another ten bucks, but like you could get the you know the pullover hoodie, whatever. And then on the shoulder, you could have you know Jim Reed or you know whatever your you know do seven offsuit you know or they were suited or whatever you want. Put whatever you want on there, and so you can do that for uh, for for any of your stuff. Yeah, that's another option. So you know the the new website's going to be even easier for you to do that, but the the current website's been fully updated, so you can make your selections. Email me, steve at rec.poker. Ask me any questions. I'll give you a final quote with shipping and all that stuff. 
Uh, but we're doing all of that uh, to try to keep it as reasonable as possible. Uh, the, the pricing, we keep trying to keep it down there. So we do some of this bulk shipment stuff because we can get a price break that we then pass on to you guys by keeping it down. But uh, all the stuff has been, be, been mailed out. And the pins too, I decided to go through like June 12th. So whoever I had at the time, I put the packages together. Those are being uh, shipped out as well. So we'll kind of do a mid-month shipment where it'll include the silver pin, Gorav, on your way to Chicago. Uh, and everybody else that I have record of at that time. And if you've won one and we don't have your address, we're still waiting. Uh, I'm here. I'm waiting for your address. Uh, let me know and we'll ship that out to you. So that is it for my round robin. Thanks to everybody else for uh, sharing all of their stuff. Uh, Jim, anything we missed as far as you know? I'm not sure that's possible with the amount of good good right. content we've been putting out here for the last, I don't know how many minutes, but no, I, I, I mean, you know me, I'm always excited yeah. about getting the new site up and we're getting really close yeah. with that, but it's, uh, I've been getting some great feedback from some of the volunteers we've gotten there looking around and um, helping us make it even better for the rec poker members that are going to be joining us there soon. So I'm just over the world about that and I can't wait to get people into this rec poker community that we're putting together. I, I think we're all going to be really proud of it. Phenomenal stuff. So so check out the current site, rec.poker. Go to the resources tab, go to the merch tab, check everything else out there. Sign up for the newsletter if you're not in there already. Uh, but thanks to our sponsors, Running Aces, Casino, Racetrack, and Hotel, Website, Amp, Learn Pro Poker. Uh, thanks to Jerry Yang, amazing. Thanks to the panel. And we will chat with you all next week.